1: Welcome to the Pride of Detroit, P-O-D-Cast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. You know where to find us. Download the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever you get podcasts. And make sure to watch us on those aforementioned Twitch and YouTube as we are addressing our chat right now as we go live. We, we do it live every day. Because why? Because we're that damn good. Some podcasts need to do double takes. We don't. We don't. One take, maybe. One take. Do it live. Just I'll write it and I'll do it live. And that's what we're doing right now uh, for this very angry week, <laughs> very uh, <laughs> bittersweet week for the Detroit Lions. As if you watched our uh, first off, I want to direct y'all to our past podcast. If you haven't listened to that one yet, you should. Myself, I'm Chris Perfett, the adequate host at Chris Perfett, P E R F E T T.
2: And my guy, Jeremy Reisman, the fearless leader at Detroit Online. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, as you can tell, I'm uh, I'm still in mourning. I haven't taken off my Stafford jersey. We're still uh, we're wearing that one to bed. As I well, that's gonna smell weird. Um,
1: But as I was saying, like if you haven't checked out that one, myself, Jerry, and uh, Jeremy, and someone who's not on this podcast, Mike Payton, but he was on that one, did our instant reactions there, very emotional. So you should definitely take a listen to that if you want the id of how some of us think. But joining us as our third man here today is Jerry Mallory, basically the Green Ranger of the pride of Detroit who everyone loves when he comes on Uh, our ratings go up. We, we need to have him more often, but Jerry's here. Hi, Jerry.
3: Hey man, there's a 100% chance. Next time I come on, I will have the green Ranger flute just because of that. 100% (laughs) play playing that. uh, Yeah.
1: Find him at Jerry Mallory NFL. Uh, So the gang's all assembled here. We'll just jump right into it. Uh, In case you didn't know, so what we're going to talk on this podcast? We are talking Stafford. That's right now. Uh, Stick around a little later. We'll talk some of the coaching and general manager news. Jeremy is throwing fingers at my face. I don't know what that means. Um, That was segment segment one. Segment
2: two. Coaching segment three. Front office. This is I.
1: I'm having a Ron Burgundy moment. You you throw me off. Um. Anyway, I'm Ron Ron
2: Burgundy. I'm Ron
1: You've got this mustache to be a brother. Ron Swanson.
2: By the way, Ron's. what's up? I forgot to, uh, I forgot to put the, the save the stash campaign up. This this might be oh, the last okay. one. Well, I'm just making a note here. Uh, anyway,
1: so let's let's talk about Stafford because that's what we're all here to do. As I said, the id got out of the way on Saturday. Everyone raged it. We got it done. Uh, moving on is going to come very soon because I feel in this one we sh- we are going to start talking about where the fan base is at, which is basically that we're coming down from the emotional high and we need to start thinking about the analytics of what happens with Stafford now. So, uh, Jeremy, I know you don't want to talk about short-term quarterback situations right now. So instead, I'll leave that to the side. But as the NFL has seen, this is a hell of a firebomb to throw on the free agent market right now, to throw on the trade market right now. Everything's changed overnight.
2: 100%. And I think it was Adam Schefter who put out a tweet today. It was like eighteen teams might be looking for a new first string quarterback in 2021, and he's taking the over, which which is insane. I don't I don't I think he's exaggerating there, and maybe just trying to like drum um, drum up some excitement for the NFL. But um, it's not. I mean, it, it's not a bad market to be selling your potential, your pro bowl quarterback, your potential franchise quarterback. There are going to be a lot of suitors for Matthew Stafford. And I guess that's the the positive you know, side of this entire thing is that the timing is right. And sometimes that's all that matters is you find the right timing to trade a person. All it takes is one guy, one very hungry guy, whether it's a guy like Jerry Jones, that'll spend two first round picks on, on Roy Williams or, or whatever. Um, you, you just have to find one partner and, The Lions may be able to find a couple, which means the bidding war might be uh, might be coming.
3: I think that makes it even better, Jeremy, if it was maybe one or just two, you know, they can say, hey, well, Stafford already said he wanted to leave and they can kind of try to play some tactics, low ball or, you know, not get as much. But the fact that there's eight, maybe more teams, someone's going to crack Then that other team is going to look. I mean, they need a quarterback and it all lines up. So, yeah, the emotions are still there, obviously. You know, I didn't join you guys uh, last podcast on it, but I shared some of the same sentiments. You know, Stafford, if I'm talking about the pantheon of my favorite Detroit athletes, he's right up there. I think Barry is, you know, the guys you rooted for when you're 13, 14 are going to always have kind of a a special place. Uh, But in terms of my adulthood, Stafford's number one by far. So all the emotions were there. I think my wife was even more bummed than I am. She's a huge Stafford fan. She started watching football around the time we got married, right during Stafford's career. So this is her first, you know, athlete. Um, so the emotions are there. But from a tactical standpoint, it looks like we're going to get some pretty good picks. Um, so that, I'm, I'm looking forward to discussing that with you guys today.
2: Just on yeah, that, real quick. I, I oh, do want yeah, to like, who else is there in Detroit right now? Like who is like, <laughs> I think part of the reason why Stafford is so iconic in Detroit right now for most of the fan base is like, what other sport is there? Where's that iconic guy anywhere else in in Detroit sports right now?
1: Yeah, unfortunately, we're hitting a time where everyone is rebuilding. Like the Red Wings are rebuilding. The Pistons are probably tanking this year, given their performances right now. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen with the Tigers? I don't expect them to do that well this year. They're still kind of like refueling the farm system. So everyone's kind of down. And I think we joked in past years, Jeremy, that like, hey, the Lions might be the most winning organization in Detroit, and uh, we've we're not quite wrong on that. But it wasn't exactly the success I think people anticipated either. Yeah. Um, but going back to the to the market, so the big thing first though, when we're looking out for the trade, is that as you say, a lot of people are going to crack, but there is one competitor on the market, and that's Deshaun Watson. And I say yeah. one competitor because a I don't think the Eagles are going to move on from Carson Wentz. I know that's been a possibility, but it seems like the organization wants to keep Carson Wentz. And to be honest, if Carson Wentz did hit the open market, he would probably be the third choice behind Watson and Stafford. Like he has the age on his side, but he's had injuries. He does not look as good as either of those two out there. And in the aftermath of a hilarious end to the NFC championship, uh, where the Packers as they always do in the NFC Championship. Now, one in five in the last, I believe, 14 years when reaching the NFC Championship. Uh, Self-destructed. Aaron Rodgers is once again doing the moping thing where he's not sure about his future. Guess what? They're not going to move on from
3: Aaron Rodgers. So that's a non-starter. So I'm, I'm with you, Chris. And then even, you know, if we were ranking, you know, the quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson would be number one, but he also has that no trade clause. So that limits the available suitors, you know, for him. He's already yes. it's, it's been rumors that he wants to go to the Jets, maybe. So maybe a winning team isn't as high on his priority list as some other things. I don't know. Um, so all those contenders, their only chance at a, a good quarterback might be Stafford because Watson might not even be an option for some of them.
1: Yeah, the Watson, the Watson ask might be uh, a little too much. And from what I understand, like some places are already said he likes the Jets, apparently. Uh, Robert Sala seems like that. And I don't think a team like the Jets was ever in play for Matthew Stafford. I think the team's more in play for Stafford. And I kind of wrote about this today and unfortunately drew the ire, did the thing that I couldn't help but doing uh, drawing the ire of certain people. But I think the Denver Broncos are a good landing place. They have the assets, they have the picks. They could even move some personnel, but you know, they're, Hell, Lions could even get Drew Locke if they really wanted to, or Drew Locke stays with the Broncos as kind of the next man up after after Stafford. Uh, but they have the talent to to and the assets to absolutely do a trade. The 49ers are still odds-on favorite to land uh Stafford last I looked in in San Francisco. I believe they're like plus 250 on some books. Uh Washington football team just slot it right in there man like they they they've got they've got everything they need right now like they they surprised people and that's an easy division uh Colts obviously another big one out there uh they probably need some receiving weapons to really make that work but i mean stafford puts them right back on the map run game, and then and run game offensive line and really good offensive line.
3: Yeah. yeah
1: so they, they've got all the pieces there for that uh saints if they could figure out their cap situation might make a run at it but i just i think they're way too over jeremy's shaking yeah. his head they're way over the cap
3: yeah. Isn't it like 90 million or, or <laughs> hundred, a like?
1: 112, but they do shed, I think, 13 million when they lose uh, Drew Brees, but still. And the cap's not going to go up. It's going to go up. How is down.
3: that legal? How can you be 90 million and in, in caps? And under the- <laughs> well, uh, very <laughs>
1: carefully. <laughs> um, And finally, one last one. I'm sorry, I'm going long here. I know people hate it when I talk too much. Uh, I think the Carolina Panthers, everyone's sleeping on them as a potential destination. They could look really good, uh, Matt Rule, and I think I we, I pointed this out too. Uh, Jeremy, uh, quarterbacks coach Sean Ryan for the past years with the Lions, he's now with the Panthers.
2: Yep, that yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and it, I guess it depends on how confident they are in, in Teddy. Um, that's obviously their their number one right now. They could mm-hmm. include Teddy in in the trade maybe, and, and give the Lions kind of a a a stopgap that isn't, you know, Tyrod Taylor or or Jameis Winston or <laughs> Chase Daniel or whoever the Lions are, are planning to do there. Um he does he's semi costly though, 17 million and just talking base salary for the next year years, 17 million and 20 million. So um it's an interesting option. They got that eighth pick so the Lions could potentially go back to back or package those, you know, those two picks up and, you know, maybe move up to something like three or two or whatever. And and I mean I Based on everything we know from the Lions front offices as they've built it right now, I'm not sure they're going to be happy settling for whoever's there at seven. And so I think part of what they might be asking for return is ammo to move up, which, which is something we can talk about in a little bit. But uh, but the Panthers have some good ammo. Eight, pick 18, pick 39. I mean, those two alone. Pick eight, you mean. Pick eight, yeah. Eight, yeah, eight. yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: said 18.
2: You meant eight. You meant sorry, eight. 18, yeah, 39, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: They're high up there. I think they're the highest. Denver's, again, not far behind uh, with the ninth overall pick. And again, they've got some personnel. If you want to stock up on a wide receiver, they might have one to spare there for you. Um, And Dallas, I haven't talked about Dallas, but um, I don't think Dallas is going to pull the trigger. Jerry, maybe you can talk about this, but like Dallas... I think they're gonna re-sign Dak Prescott. I could be completely wrong. Who knows what the mind of Jerry is, but I think he looks at the situation, and realizes I'm gonna give up too much for a guy when I could just go re-sign Dak, regardless of the of the issues they've had.
3: Yeah, I don't you know, Dallas kind of has some of the storylines that would match up, you know, the Highland Park Kid going back and, and all those other things. And uh Jerry Jones, we've dealt with them before, you know, Roy Williams, I think we got a first and mm-hmm. third. Uh, he traded a first for Mari Cooper. So, you know, the history shows that he will spend. Um, but I think that would only happen if they just couldn't come to something with Dak Prescott. Now, I think they will. They're going to go ahead. They saw they saw how this season went. They're going to go ahead and pay Dak is my guess. But if they if they can't come to something with Dak, I think Stafford would be their next option. It does kind of line up.
1: Yeah, I don't see Dallas as as a, a starter. Um what who, who so what's your guys favorite destination? Like both either if you care about where Stafford goes or just what they could get back. Like what what do you, what do you think like works for you?
2: Here well okay, here's the most intriguing one and I shout out to to Zack Snyder because he threw out a couple interesting I think proposals here. Dolphins, dolphins. I think, are the most interesting one. I don't know, I don't know if it's going to happen. There was, there's been, you know, hums and, and smoke a little bit about Tua and, and, and all that sort of stuff and whether they could possibly pull a Josh Rosen and be like one and done type of thing. But I got, I got two trade proposals, one that includes Tua, one that doesn't. Stafford for Tua, and, their, and the other part is that they have two first-round picks, the so third and the 18. So um, Stafford for Tua and 18. Okay, Jerry gives a thumb down. I don't like two, <laughs> man. I just
1: not a, okay. not
3: a big fan. But yeah. I'm
1: not a Tua a guy either. But I mean, I, I, we keep talking about this, as we're gonna have to bring back the Tua a talk thing. So, but yeah, I mean,
2: it, it's just it's funny too, because like there there are already people that are just like line screwed up by not drafting to last year and and then which there's the, the people that are rewriting history and be like they should have drafted justin herbert which no one was saying at the time but nobody now was it's just saying like, oh
0: yeah
1: well it's funny because i know national people have been saying should the dolphins move on from tua which is kind of psychotic but at the same time you've got a high like top five draft pick you can absolutely do that if you want to if you are the dolphins so right. yeah i could see it uh jerry what do you think any, anything I've missed or any place you think is best. Well, l-
2: hold on. Can I give you the second oh. Miami? Oh, I'm sorry. Trade? I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. Go on. Stafford and the lions first round pick. So Stafford and pick seven Ooh. for three and 18. So you move up four spots and you get the 18 pick.
3: I like that.
1: I actually, yeah, I, I would like that. Cause three, I think you suddenly in play for either like a fields or Wilson or even Trey Lance, if you yeah. want, like you're right in the thick of things. Trevor Lawrence, probably off the board. I don't know what the Jets do at that point. I don't know if Fields is up there, but you could sell me. You could absolutely
3: sell me. Yeah, I, I would like that one even more. Like you said, you get your pick of the quarterback at 18. You know, we're not going to get deep into draft talk, but there will probably be a few defenders there. Michael Parsons is falling, Greg Russo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'd be down with that one more than Tua. Um, just not a big fan of Tua, and he didn't like the, you know, he, he was a rookie, um, but he didn't quell some of those concerns I had with him uh, his first year, um, but it, you know, for for me, if I'm looking at destinations, number one, you know, I I wish Stafford the best. You know, I'll be rooting for his success, but I don't care where he goes. I just care more about the you know the uh, the, the picks that we can get, the return. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've even seen some people on Twitter say, "Hey, send him to a contender uh, over even getting better picks." No, I'm I'm not I'm not there. I, I want the best return for him. So just looking at the best return, the, the three teams that. Have been rumored uh, that will still give us a, a pretty good pick within twelve picks is uh Carolina, Denver, and uh, 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 number twelve San Francisco. So those are kind of my three because I want to I want an impact pick, and then two. Additionally, I mean, if they got to trade up to get the guy they want, so be it. I'm just greedy, man. I want all those picks. I want this new <laughs> regime. I want Dorsey and Holmes and their whole Agnew. I want them having these bullets. You know, the draft is a lottery. So I I just, in the back of my mind, hope that someone like Trey Lance falls to seven and we can still keep the, you know, the number nine, number 12 pick. Or, or if we miss out on a quarterback this year, we miss out. You know, we have so many positions to fill. I'm okay if, this particular year, we don't nail the guy because if we, if it, you know, depending on who we replace him with, we're going to be back in the top five probably next year anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, no, there's yeah. going to be
1: growing pains. There's going to yeah. be growing pains. Um, the only thing I would say is that from the draft you I've talked to, they say next year's class isn't as impressive in quarterbacks right, versus right. this year's. But I can't tell you how many times I've also heard that in the past too. Right. Like yeah. we we've, we find quarterbacks in the couch cushions yeah. in the nf in in the in the draft. Like look at Joe
3: he was. He was kind
1: that of an afterthought. True. He was an. afterthought. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. He was an yeah. afterthought. And yeah. He just shot up, and he just shot up. We don't have no clue what's going to happen next year. And honestly, we might even have more tape on the guys next year, assuming we have a full college season versus whatever the hell we just sat through in twenty twenty. Yep. Uh, the one last thing I will I want to discuss before we move on, we should talk about the coaches. Is as we've been talking about the draft itself. I feel like. We're kind of, I, Jerry, you kind of dove us into it about what the Lions could do for the draft. But again, the view on Stafford is, is like, A, get what you can for them. Because most of what we're talking here is draft stuff. I think the Lions could get personnel for it, especially, again, if you go to a Washington, you might get a very good defender from them. Denver Broncos have some offensive weapons they could use. I don't think the Colts would move Quentin Nelson, but uh, no. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing shaking heads. I would, no, I, would I don't love
2: him, but no, be no lions, I mean, lions probably yeah. aren't banging down the door for a guard necessarily. They got some young guys. No, they've the ground, got a but, good,
1: they've got a good core to the, to the
2: line already. I mean, that would be fun.
1: Yeah, no, there's, there's <laughs> definitely, but that's what I'm saying. Like, don't just lions fans, Don't just contain yourself to draft picks. There's going, there's other things you can, you can finagle here in a draft. Uh, but Looking at the draft itself, Jerry's right. There's a lot to be plugged right now. And I think what sucks is that, yeah, there is going to be growing pains after Stafford. There is going to be probably another top 10 pick in the Lions near future. At least one. (laughs) At least one. Let's just say that. Yeah, for sure. Um, And God, I can't tell you how many times I've banged on the desk saying we need a pass rusher. But Jeremy, where do you see this kind of how into the draft for you?
2: I mean... I I think I'm going to go against Jerry here and I don't think you can wait for a quarterback. I think I think you have to you have to get it now. You you can't uh, listen, this coaching staff, this front office, they're not going to operate under the assumption that they're going to have a top 10 pick next year. That's just not how it works. That's just not what their mindset needs. I I don't really want a front office that just thinks that way either. That's just like, yeah, we'll probably be there again. Let's let's kick that can down the road. Like, no, you got a 7 pick, you have to hit on a on a high profile position. We know this general manager came from the Rams and that Rams team did not wait for a quarterback to come for them. So I, I really do think a trade up possibility is, is something that we really have to consider. Um, and I, and maybe they, they sit the, the first couple of picks out and, and see if their guy falls, but like you have to believe Brad Holmes right now is scouting quarterbacks like crazy right now. And what it's the top oh, yeah. four guys or the top five guys or the top two guys, he's going to find a guy that he really likes. And I think he's going to go and get him. And so that's where I think the focus needs to be on this team because they're they're in that unique opportunity right now where they're going to have the seven pick. They're probably going to have a lot more ammo depending on how this Stafford trade goes. They're going to get their guy, and I think they should.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that's right. And like they've got they've got the opportunity, and I think we've talked about this before. Brad Holmes, like from a Rams organization, that when they want to move up, they'll spend the capital to
3: move up. They're very aggressive, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's take a quick break, reset. We've had a couple of technical gremlins that are not going to make it into the podcast itself. I want to get those hammered out. And then when we come back, there's been, uh, obviously, Stafford News blew up so much that uh, it's overrun some coaching news. We're going to talk about that. Just. Taking a, taking a quick break, jump on the other side, talk about Anthony Lynn, Deuce Staley, probably a little more Stafford talk, what this changes for the entire you know, coaching roster. And he's not here, but we're going to give Ryan some props. Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit POD cast. As we roll along here, let's take a quick break from Stafford. As much as I feel like we could, we could roll whole hours on Stafford, but we're gonna keep this ember glowing through the next few podcasts. But rest you assured, we are not done talking about Stafford. However, we do wanna I do want to talk about uh Jeremy, the, the coaching news got buried under a mountain. <laughs> Literally, like Anthony Lynn gets hired. And I'm I'm flossing a little bit. And then a few set a few minutes later, someone just drops Everest on me with Stafford. So let's 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 pick the mountain back up, move it to the side. We like talking about the news. We like reacting to the news on this podcast. So let's talk about there's been the the Lions got their big pieces for the roster right now. So. Uh, I mean, for the coaching staff, excuse me. So let's talk about Anthony. You want to, I want to start with Anthony. Lynn. Sure. Let's start with Anthony Lynn because you get a guy who was a former head coach. Um, I know his time in, with the chargers did not end well. I think part of that was just crazy injuries during the break. We talked about how Tyrod Taylor was not expecting to get his lung punctured by a needle. Uh, But at the same time, like very well respected as an offensive coordinator. And I think a lot of people app- applaud the hire of Anthony Lynn.
2: Did and, and I, I I think I'm gonna have to pitch this conversation to you guys because I mean I, I kinda shrugged my shoulders at it, honestly. Like, I don't know. A lot of people seemed very, very excited, and part of me is just like, this feels like everyone just getting excited because it's a name that everyone knows. And maybe maybe I'm not being fair though, but I mean, the guy, head coach, so he's got leadership qualities, which is very clearly high on every single coaching, every single part of this organization, they want leadership skills. And I get that. I, I mean, who doesn't want that in a coach? Um, but he's only called plays for one year in the NFL. He didn't call plays with the Chargers as the head coach. Um, he's clearly—I mean, not clearly—but comes from the Parcells tree, which is a whole bigger thing that that is becoming uh, something that we're seeing with this thing, which also means he likes to run the also, ball a little bit. He likes to run the yep. ball a little bit.
1: Also, a former
2: player from the NFL, which fits the profile we've been talking about. True, four and running backs, back, running back, running back. This is another run, 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 run. run. <laughs> The the one thing I will say is during his time with the Chargers, the offense was good. Um, Never had a DVOA ranking below 15, was three one year, was eight one year, 12, and then 15 uh, this most recent year Um, with mostly rookie quarterbacks. So, uh, I mean, they're, they've been, the Chargers have been good at passing the ball. I do think they kind of are um, a team that likes to run the ball more than I would like, Um, but I don't know. What, Jerry, did you feel like hyped about this hire? Because I was just kind of like, eh, okay.
3: Um, I was I was I was slightly hyped. It was my second favorite hire of of the day, and once we get to the other guy, I'm, I'm a, I might cut a promo because I I was really I was really happy about what we did in the front office. But we'll get back to that. But with Lynn, um, you know the issues last year with the Chargers was mainly special teams and defense. The offense was pretty good, uh, although he didn't call the plays. He probably had his fingerprints on it. But then too, I think this team has a direction. You know they kind of knew. Hey, we probably won't have Stafford, so we're gonna to have to run more. Um, so this may be a situation where Campbell is prepping for our current team. Uh, he does realize it's a passing league, but you know, if it's gonna be Tyrod Taylor or Zach Wilson or Trey Lance, we're gonna to have to run more. We're gonna to have to depend on DeAndre Swift and whoever we bring in. You know, maybe we sign Mark Ingram or something. Who knows? We're gonna to have to run more. So I think they uh Deuce Staley. And Anthony Lynn kind of speaks to that. We're going to have to run a little bit. And even the offensive coordinator that we were looking at, I forget his name, but he was from Baltimore, you know, kind of run base and and potentially a quarterback that can run, which is why I'm kind of getting those Trey Lance vibes. So um, I think it was deliberate uh, that, you know, we're going to have to shift our focus a little bit. So from that standpoint, I like, and really quick, some of the issues that Lynn had was uh, game management and communication mm-hmm. with his coordinators that isn't as much of an issue as a as an offensive coordinator that's those are going to be things Campbell will do more. Uh so, you know, I'm cool with it, but I wasn't as hyped as everyone else um but the the other hires that came after that I, I really was uh, pretty excited for.
1: Yeah, I I mean, maybe I am doing some name brand recognition, but I remember when he went to the 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 chargers. And like, I still thought it was a good hire at that time too. Like he had, he had kind of been slumming it a bit. He's had many years as being an assistant head coach. Um, He took over for, I think a game in Buffalo as well. He was under Rex Ryan for a few years there uh, where he was also the running backs coach. I think this all spells very good. I, between this and what Dan Campbell said in the press conference about Deandre Swift, I, 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 I could honestly see these guys starting to build the offense more around and I know Jeremy you you uh don't want to think too much on all of the uh all of the uh you you want you want obviously you're you're slanted towards a lot more passing obviously but sure. I mean sure surely these guys are looking at this as like I mean all right we've seen some teams run the balls we've seen some teams Thrive on this in that you can establish if you have a good run game, you can establish any quarter you quarterback you want within reason. Even a guy like Ryan Tannehill as a play action pass quarterback and he's and he can succeed. Um I shared this from, I think, the uh Mile High report. I was reading it about, you know, Drew Locke did very even a guy like Drew Locke in Denver did very well when he was doing play action pass. And that seems to be the new trend when you don't have one of these spread offenses right now is to go play action pass heavy. But to make that honest, you do have to have a, a ground game to oh. make that work.
2: So yeah. I see
0: I, I would with you
2: up until that very last sentence <laughs> okay. because the okay. analytic community would argue that you don't need a good run running game to for Maybe your not. pass. a. Uh, play action pass to be effective. Maybe, maybe Um, not. Maybe not. Maybe
1: I'm a little out ahead of the, of the post there, but either way, like I see the logic in the Lynn hire. And I think the experience is there. And like, he has also mentored a good young quarterback in Justin Herbert in, in, in
2: Los Angeles as well. So I I see the upsides to this. The, The one thing I will say, and maybe this is me just like trying to spin things positively in, 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 you know, my past happy world is the one thing that really kind of caught my ear when he said it at his press conference, when Dan Campbell just, un, you know, unpromptedly said, what about putting DeAndre Swift in the slot and having, him- what, <laughs> who, where did that come from? Because I think someone went back and looked and DeAndre Swift had like 11 snaps in the slot last year. But yeah, I mean, and now you've got a, a running, a former running back. You've got a running backs coach who played 10 years in the game. Maybe you got a guy who can, can coach him up and, and, that, that part gets me excited.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think there's, there's, there's multiple theories being floated right now that I don't think to be run heavy. I I think, I mean, we, we can we can talk, we can look at the Titans all we want and say, oh, yeah, well, they just have Derrick Henry. But I think that there's been keys to success for alternate models right now. Sure. Um, real quick, I, well, I'll get on to do Staley and Hank Fraley in a second, but uh, he's not here, but let's just... Props to Ryan Matthews. Last big podcast we did, he, he was just writing his column about how he thinks the Lions should hire Aaron Glenn. The Lions got Aaron Glenn. It looked tricky for a second. It looked damn tricky. And I think this, if you want to be, if you want to have hope, I'm not Mr. Hope. I'm Mr. I want to knock everyone down. And I suppress that a lot when I do this podcast because I respect you Lions fans. You put up with a lot. But if you want to see some hope for Dan Campbell, that he's not just a meathead running people away. Like some people and the national media seem to think he is the fact that Anthony Lynn and Aaron Glenn both had their pick of teams to go to. Mm-hmm. And they both said, I want to be with D- Dan Campbell in Detroit. That speaks a lot. Aaron Glenn, like was being looked at by the Jaguars, which urban Meyer, everyone loves the urban Meyer hire. So that's okay. You pick it that your pocket from there. Everyone was looking at him, maybe to go to the Chicago bears Aaron Glenn has come to Detroit Uh, once again, another former Bill Parcells player, a former NFL defensive back. We have three former NFL players in the top coaching positions of this Lions coaching staff, man.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I, I I don't know what to say about Aaron Glenn other than I'm super excited to see him. Coordinate. I know. First time coordinator, but he has called plays in his past. If you if you read that athletic article, um, it, it touched on that a little bit. And I think they even gave him the reins a couple times there in New Orleans. But I mean, every everyone speaks extremely. This guy had a head coaching interview, um, just leadership written all over him. One of the things that I really loved and, and that Satan secondary was phenomenal this year is that he's, he knows how to deal with everybody because he's dealt with a lot of young players like Marshawn Lattimore, but um, Malcolm Jenkins was there too. And and both spoke extremely high of him. And when the rookies who don't know better speak high of you, you can kind of shrug your shoulders like, well, they've had to deal with high school and college coaches. Who knows um, what this is compared to them. But when a veteran like Malcolm Jenkins gives you props like, this is the dude. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled with this signing. Ryan got me hyped. That athletic article got me hyped. The more and more I look at this guy, his salt and pepper look got me hyped. I'm just, I'm super, I'm super excited for him.
1: Want one more hype? Jeff Okuda tweeted this out today where he's saying it's hard not to be excited about 2021. Let me tell you, man, we were, we've been wondering about Okuda a little bit. And I, 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 I asked people to pump the brakes on Okuda just because rookie cornerback, but now you've got a defensive backs coach turning defensive coordinator and let's let's be very clear about who Aaron Glenn was when he played the game too. Yeah. Like he was a fantastic oh, he yeah. was a fantastic defensive back. So if you're a young guy like Okuda and you're seeing this guy walk in the door,
2: whoo. Oh yeah, he calls to him be- too. Yeah. He's got seven a history. That's, yeah. yeah. That's insane. That's really yeah. really cool.
1: Yeah, in the set. Yeah, you're saying in the in the seven, I believe it was called seven, seven on seven. Seven on seven. it yeah, yeah, was a seven. League, on, yeah. I think it was the opening. It was that Nike event called the opening. It's seven on seven football. But yes, Aaron Glenn did work with Okuda back then. So I mean, oh, yeah. ties right now. Maybe may, hopefully you could see a big jump in Okuda
3: in the future. Yeah, I, uh, I like I like the move as well. um And before I say this, the the ink is signed, right? He's officially a Lion, right? That
2: that is is the one coaching hire that is officially hired outside of Dan Campbell.
3: Okay, so I'll I'll say this because, you know, coordinators, especially ones that get head coaching buzz, you know, one or two years and that side of your ball the ball is effective, you're going to be a head coach. So the fact that he turned down Chicago, Chicago was probably a layup to him becoming a head coach because they already have a good defense. He goes there a couple of years. They do the same he he would have been a head coach. So I didn't want to say that until he signed, just in case some type of way that got back to him and he had second <laughs> thoughts. But the fact that he turned down Chicago, I think it speaks on the relationship that he has with Campbell, which mm-hmm. is really big. Um, and that speaks on Campbell. Campbell has brought in guys that were highly sought after. And so if he can motivate these coaches, what's, what's he going to do with the team? What's he going to mm-hmm. do with the players? Probably the same thing. Um, Aaron Glenn, like you guys already echoed, he has the uh, the fanfare. He was sought after even as far as potentially being a head coach. So I'm excited, looking forward to see what he can bring. He he was my second choice. My first choice was Chris Richard. But, you know, Chris Richard, I haven't really heard his name anywhere. You know, so I'm, I'm going to lean toward the NFL circles who are more interested in Aaron Glenn. It seemed like uh, to me to say that he is the better choice and he's one of the best options we could have.
1: And I will say this is that we did, I did have time on, on national sports talk radio to react to the Aaron Glenn hire and the two different uh, four players I talked to both said fantastic hire. Like, you and you know, I, I know it's a band of brotherhood. And one of those was Lincoln Kennedy who probably had to see him a few times on the field. Although obviously Kennedy's a, you know, a, a line an offensive lineman and uh, Glenn's in the backfield, but still like, you know, he's, I think I think the star is bright for Aaron Glenn. All right, uh, Jeremy, uh, why don't you wrap this up? You want to talk about Deuce Staley and Hank Fraley and the fact that I'm going to mess up their names because there's <laughs> four letters similar.
2: You nailed it. Uh, oh, really? I mean, yeah, Deuce Staley. Um, I remember his playing days. He mm-hmm. ten years as a player, ten years as a as a head as a coach, I should say. We're um, getting old. Yeah, we we are getting old. Uh, most of his time spent with the Eagles, really, both uh, coaching and playing. Um, Been a running backs coach since 2013, been an assistant head coach and running backs coach since 2018. And that's the role he will have here. Assistant head coach and, uh, and and running backs coach, which means unfortunately our good friend, Kyle Kasky is probably not coming back. Um, But uh, to, to focus on, on Staley again, bears were interested, a highly sought after guy. Um, He interviewed for the Eagles head coaching job on two different occasions. So again, you check that leader box Players absolutely love him. Uh, if you, you check out our article on him today, there was I think three different quotes from players that are just like this dude is amazing. Um, even some defensive players were just like it's gonna suck not having him around because he's such a good leader. And so um, again, you, you got a running back, you got a guy who's played before, you got a great leader. Um, there, there's definitely a, a theme coming together here. There's a theme here. <laughs> there is a theme um, here.
1: Follow the thread, as as legal guys would say, you keep the thread. Yeah,
3: Najee Harris in the second round. That's the theme. Najee Harris with that second first round pick even if it's pick 12
2: (laughs) um and then yeah if you if you want to skip over to, to Hank Fraley really quick um another another instance of of uh of Campbell getting a guy that was highly sought after Fraley interviewed with the Steelers he interviewed with the Bengals and I don't know I don't know if it was Campbell I don't know if it was the players but he decided to come back, and I don't see how you can't view that as a positive thing from Lions fans. I mean, you just had a, your center make a Pro Bowl. You just had your center named second team All Pro. I would say uh, Taylor Decker is coming off his best season to date. Jonah Jackson looked pretty good at times for for a rookie season. Um, and and everyone on that offensive line spoke very very highly of Hank Frehley. So again, a very player friendly coach, a guy who's played the game before. He was also in the league for about ten years. So again, former players well-liked. I I think the thing you you can take from all these hirings is like, they are trying to have a coaching staff that can absolutely relate to these players because guess what the last one did? The last one failed at that miserably. And so they are going to make sure on every single level of this coaching staff, there's going to be harmony between the coaches and players. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that can be a bad thing. You know, we've certainly seen bad players coach kind of get walked all over and things like that and maybe play favorites and things like that. But Um, I, I don't see the situation as anything other than positive with the coaching hire so far. And I'm sure we're going to hear a bunch of other names this week that, that will make this podcast outdated by Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Listen,
1: this is, this is an experiment. It's going to work or it's not going to work, but I at least appreciate that there's a theme to this and something hitherto mostly original. It's not trying to upend the Patriots way and bringing it wholesale. And I know a lot of these guys do have Bill Parcells ties, but I think that's more because again, like you're going to run it. Parcells coached so long, they were going to run into each other. And I think this is more of a brotherhood that they, because they did play under the shield,
3: but I need uh, some, Jerry, go on. Yeah. I need some clarification from Jeremy. Are you telling me that a head coach that doesn't allow you to, have exchanges with other players and and curses at you and, and says all these things and a 90 <laughs> and a 90 year old defensive coordinator that those aren't relatable qualities to the players
0: yeah
2: that- probably not probably not that ping pong table means a lot jerry oh the ping pong table yeah.
1: Yeah. The ping pong table's back <laughs> yep. it's just it's just that candle might body slam someone through that's all <laughs> um, All right. uh, I think that wraps it up for the coaching staff. I've hit on everything. Do you want to talk about GM on this side? I think, or let's let's take a break. break. Let's take a break. We'll talk about it on the other side. I want to play a little more grab ass with our Twitch audience and our YouTube audience. By the way, again. Once again, you can watch us live on those video streaming platforms. We've been growing it. You guys have been awesome. Uh, we have even got some donations and Jeremy's little uh, <laughs> Ponzi scheme of, of <laughs> Twitch subs for his mustache is still it. it it's, it's two months strong and it shows no signs of stopping.
2: I don't and know. This, I mean, if you haven't watched our live streaming yet, this may have been your last chance to see the mustache. Just going to throw that true. out there.
1: We need a video of you shaving it off, but, um, podcast, if you're listening to it, it is an audio form. We love you still. You help us kind of keep the lights on and you're the original audience. So by all means, like we love the video. So don't, don't let this discourage you. We, we love you all. Please download the podcast. We're going to take a quick break. We come back. I don't think we got a chance this week to talk about the Brad Holmes press conference. And there's been a couple more hires to the front office, which once again, people are getting very hyped for the Kool-Aid is just bursting right now, even though Stafford is leaving town the kool-aid is just bursting looking at this front office and uh we're gonna try to square that circle when we come back on the pride of detroit pot cast Okay. (laughs) Welcome back to the Pride of Detroit podcast. Once again, I, I hate to, I feel like we just keep pushing the live side too much. I'm sorry to, we're letting you behind the curtain here. I, I feel like sometimes I'm being too mean to our record, to our podcast audience, because I I feel, Jeremy, I feel like the live side of things is becoming just, it's this, it's this, this, it's this alien virus that is taking over the podcast—it's growing bigger and bigger, and it just—it's consuming us wholesale. It's out of control. I—I—I—I I, I, I don't believe what what's happened in the break because just so many people have thrown money at you to keep that mustache, and it's derailed us so much. And I, again, I apologize to the podcast audience because I feel like you guys—we're we're telling you guys constantly every week that you're missing out on something.
2: I apologize it, deeply. It is—it is a an event it feels like an event now and it's something i look yes. forward to but i do i do want to sit, reach out to our podcast audience and express some thank yous over there because um yes. three or four weeks ago I, back in december i think early december i i sent a call out to uh and maybe this was to our live audience maybe it was on air i don't really remember but i had sent a, a call out for people to send us some reviews because we hadn't gotten a lot of reviews on our Apple podcast in a while. And we got a bunch and a lot of them were were very, very nice. And so uh, I do appreciate that.
1: Yeah. You can even say mean things about me, as long as you give it five stars,
3: (laughs) you get a lot of Uh, adequate love uh, on the, but I
1: just, I just wanted to say that because as we were sitting, we were playing so much grab ass, so much attention that we like news broke while we were sitting here. So before we talk about the general manager, Uh, This is from Steve Weish of NFL Network. Former Rams cornerback coach Aubrey Pleasant has accepted the job with the Lions, their secondary coach slash passing game coordinator. So real quick instant reactions for this.
3: I mean, I Um, like it. I don't know. I don't know much about them to be honest. But, you know, the Rams has a pretty good secondary, uh, not just Jalen Ramsey. Um, So the familiarity with with him obviously is there and just reading all the comments from the so called professionals there on Twitter, they're all saying it's a good hire. So, you know, uh, I'm down with it. Welcome aboard Aubrey.
2: He's a, he's a Michigan local, so he's coming back home. So that probably played a, at least a little bit of a factor in it. Um, yeah. As you mentioned, the corners there in in Los Angeles have, have been very, very good. Um, yeah. it, it, one of the strengths, you know, my, my head coach, uh that that i i really wanted only uh said very very good things about him um i i i think he's just i i mean he fits kind of the the category of everyone we've talked about is the the players love him um he has ton of experience and uh i think it's it's a solid hair i mean how often are are we going to be talking about the the lions secondary coach come the season probably not that often but um you know for for them to kind of prioritize it seems like um, getting these these well thought of guys, and again poaching them from from good franchises with um, I, I think a lot of suitors um, can only speak well to what Dan Campbell is doing and in, in assembling, and yeah, getting some help for Jeff Okuda.
3: Love yeah, that's the that's the thing. We spent the number three pick on Jeff Okuda. It's so critical that we give him everything you know to succeed because that's we we spent crazy capital on him. So the fact that you got Glenn in and now this uh, this guy Pleasant. Yeah, that's cool. He's the most important piece on our defense, you know, I would say by far. So let's give him every resource to make him successful.
1: Yeah. OK, <laughs> I'm just I'm catching up. I feel like I've run a damn marathon by what's been happening in in the in in the break. So I apologize. I'm being adequate here. Um, yeah, you guys seem happy with, with it. I have nothing to add. I haven't done the research on Aubrey Pleasant, but I mean, once again, the Lions just everyone seems to be applauding who they are getting it's not even some quirk guys and again it's not coming with this patriot way uh, uh addendum to everything right like it's it's its own thing so it's it's fun to see that but let's talk about general
2: managers really quick like uh, uh, yeah. they're diversifying right like they, they got an eagles coach they got a rams coach they got a saints coach like they're reaching out from a, a different also but also
1: certain f- focuses we said on the offensive side of the ball focused on running back this reinforces with Aaron Glenn that focusing on defensive backs yeah you can kind of see the future character of this team kind of taking place that's that's a good point yeah all right Brad Holmes press conference uh Jeremy what did you glean from it
2: um so i mean a lot of it is what we've been hearing with everyone like the whole collaboration thing i think one of the things i main concerns i had with Brad Holmes was um no experience on the pro personnel side of things and he fixed some of that with some of the hires that we're going to talk about in a second here but he also mentioned something that I thought was really interesting in the press conference which was that when he was with the Rams they would get the pro personnel guys and the college scouting guys all together for any decision whether it was a, a college you know drafting a guy trading for a guy getting a free agent all those people were Part of the process and and that does make sense. I mean, you, you think about Brad Holmes and, and what he's done his entire career. He's scouted. And so yeah, he has a scouting report on guys in free agency because he scouted him from the draft three or four or five years before that. So um maybe it's not as up to date, but those opinions are welcome. And so I I I think overall my thing was. Yeah. And and really of Dan Campbell, too. These guys knew what their perceived weaknesses were going into those press conferences and they immediately addressed them. And that's that kind of self-awareness where it's just like, yeah, I know I might be weak here or you think I'm weak here. But actually, let me tell you why I'm not like that sort of self-awareness is something that I don't think we had with the previous regime and something that's very um, satisfying to hear from.
1: You also, from from what I've heard on reports, too, from Justin Rogers, like they knew what they were walking into with the Stafford situation, too. They were told, hey, you might not have. I don't know if they were told directly this just because of the interview process. But like, I think they got hints that like, hey, you might you might not have Stafford when you walk in that door, too.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah that's that's true. I, I, I like the, uh, the press conference as well. Um, you know, you just see a lot of stark contrasts between the last regime and this one. Um, you know, he was just a refreshing difference. I do like some of the things that Rod and Sheila had to say as well. They said he came prepared. He had some, uh, I don't know if they said radical, but they, they he had some 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 pretty bold things that he had in terms of his vision for the team, which got me excited. And, and we're seeing, you know, a oh, lot of things already. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he, he may have commented on, well, this is my Stafford succession plan. And maybe that's what impressed them because they knew Stafford was probably gone. Uh, and so, uh, just his background as well. You start to peer into the things he did with the Rams. That's what the Lions have really suffered with, you know. Aside from like Kenny Galladay and a few guys, you know, those later picks. And Kenny Galladay was a third round pick, so it wasn't that late. You know, we just haven't had a lot of those diamonds in the rough. So, uh, with him having that expertise, the Rams oftentimes sacrifice their their early picks for players, current players. Uh, I, I'm good with it. You know, he wasn't one of my first choices, but after doing research and hearing uh, other people talk about him and then seeing the press conference. I'm excited, man. And, and I like the energy. I like the whole package. So um, I'm excited to see what he brings to the table.
2: And I would Um, say the the one other thing really quick is, is the no ego thing, right? Like that was another big thing that we've heard from, from everyone, from both um, Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell, the no ego thing, the, like I said, the collaborative process and everyone just pushing, they're not, and, and I think one of the stories that I I read on Brad Holmes, which I thought was really cool, was um, he never dreamed of being a general manager. And I think he talked about this in the press conference. He was always focused just on the task in front of him. He was focused on being the best scout he could be. He was focused on the guy who could get the coffee the fastest to the next guy. Uh, always, he wasn't thinking big yet because he was just thinking ahead, not trying to to, to boost his... Resume. He was just trying to do the best job he can, and that's certainly the attitude that I think he's trying to bring to this front office.
1: Yep. Uh, One last, a couple more names here, and I think the big news as this week kicked off is the Lions are also adding John Dorsey to the front office there, Uh, Jeremy. Obviously, another established, another established guy. Uh, He's going to have a. I think the front row office he has has not yet been explained but he's probably gonna be working in tandem with brad holmes
2: yeah no question um this is i mean if there was any other concern you had about brad holmes it was that just the inexperience right he's never conducted a trade he's never ran a team he's never done anything well john dorsey sure has and man he has an interesting career um i i would argue a very successful career albeit short with both the chiefs and the browns fantastic fantastic drafting for both of those teams in those three or four year spans with, with each team. And uh, there, there is a a very big question that comes with him and, and we'll get to it in, in a second. But if you're looking for a guy that has a lot of connections, has, has, you know, dealt with a lot of GMs currently in this league, you're certainly going to have to deal with at least one with Stafford. Now you've got a guy who, who has that experience, who has those connections, who has, you know, the, You know, maybe maybe it's just about candor on the telephone with these other teams. Maybe that can be the difference between, you know, making a a trade and and breaking one. So um, you have suddenly a guy who's who's very, very talented uh, a a guy who I think most people believe is is one of the best talent evaluators in the NFL um, on your side. Who knows how long he lasts because he's just a a front office assistant and he was just a front office assistant for one year in his last stint. But um, very, very interesting hire. Very interesting hire. Can I, I, uh, I want to give Jerry the floor here because I yeah. think this is this is the promo cutting. If I'm if I'm reading, this, this is the
1: promo, promo cutting. This is I I'm rubbing my hands here. I want to see this.
3: So of all the hires that we've made, you know, head coach, GM, whoever, this is the one I'm most excited about. Now, when we were talking about all these retread GMs, you know, your Rick Smiths, uh, your Thomas Dimitrov, Jerry Reese, they had good qualities, but it, you know, to me. You got to win the draft, man. And I know the issues John Dorsey has. But with all the retread GMs, he was the one I wanted. I feel like, yeah, he has some, maybe some ego things, and he didn't communicate well, and he had some issues. That's fine. Look at the last two places he was GM, and look at those teams now. So even if those things surfaced here, wherever he leaves, they're in good shape. Look at Kansas City, man. Look at all those guys. I mean, I'd be fine with him being here two, three years, not being a good communicator, uh, and, and then being gone and leaving us with a Super Bowl quality team or a team like the uh, the Browns that made it to the second round—that's fine with me. You know, the key is the draft. Nothing is more important than drafting the right guys. And you guys have already, you know, on Twitch, on YouTube, you've googled his draft history. It's superb. He's one of the best talent evaluators in the league. So the fact now that we get to have him here, and I think some of those issues are neutralized because he's not the top guy. You know, how demonstrative can you be when you're under Brad Holmes and you are you're, seem like you're going to be under Agnew as well because he's the assistant GM. So I feel like some of those issues uh, will be neutralized. And two, he wants to be a GM again. So even if deep down inside he wants to kind of stir the pot and be divisive, he knows if that continues, he won't be, get to become a GM again. So I think he'll curtail, uh, curtail some of that in and just bring what he's best at, evaluating talent. And it's not just the draft. You know, like Jeremy mentioned, he has the history with uh, talent acquisition through free agency, with dealing with guys. This is a slam dunk just to have him in the room. He's a he's a good football mind. Dare I say great. And so I was willing to even forego all of those issues. He was really high on uh, far as GMs. I wanted. I think I wanted Dodds first and I wanted Dorsey second. So uh, we get to have him here. I'm through the roof. It's to me. It's the best hire of any we've made in the last month by far. Wow. Okay, there you
1: go. I like it. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say. I am usually with words and I'm usually the blabber one. I got nothing. Jeremy, let's wrap it up. One more. Oh, yeah. One more. Get the same or do you have something else?
2: My my only thing was like I I, I see some people, you know, maybe saying the the dissenting opinion, the, the devil's advocate is something that maybe is needed in this, in this front office and maybe John Dorsey is that guy. I think that that might be kind of just kind of putting rose colored glasses on a little bit because we're, I mean, <laughs> the the whole thing has been e- no ego, no ego, like everyone's really, yeah. in the same direction. So throwing John Dorsey in there does seem like a, an odd fit to me, but I'm with you, Jeremy. I'm still excited about it.
1: One last name here. We do have to wrap up the podcast here. Uh, Ray Agnew. Jeremy, what can you tell me about him?
2: I got, I got some notes on Ray Agnew because that's another one that I think is very interesting. Um, A a former defensive tackle. Um, He was on the pro personnel side in in the Rams. So he's got that working relationship with, with Brad Holmes and kind of the, the yin to his yang in terms of college versus pro. Um, Let me pull some quotes from, um, from some of the people in the Rams organization. Impeccable character. Ray Agnew is not all about promoting Ray Agnew. So basically the same kind of thing that the Brad Holmes was talking about. Um, been a scout for, for years. And then this one I think is very interesting and one that I think should get Lions fans very excited. The best D line evaluator I've been around. Oh, wow. He was a guy that again wow. was was credited with, with pounding the table for Aaron Donald, not the guy that found him, but he was definitely a guy who was pounding the table. This is a former player. This is a defensive tackle who knows what to see, knows what to find in a defensive lineman. So um, nice. and guess, guess what the lines need? A lot of defensive linemen. So yes. Ray Agnew is, is going to be that guy that that's pounding the table for, you want that edge rusher, Chris, in the first round, Ray Agnew is going to be on your side.
1: <laughs>
2: God, I need a pass rusher.
1: <laughs> anyway, uh, I think that's where we're going to wrap it. Here on the Pride of Detroit POD cast, we've covered a lot of ground, uh, a lot of ground that was well trodden and well covered. The Stafford news ain't going away anytime soon. We're going to keep touching on it in the in the the coming weeks. Uh, I think, Jeremy, are we still on to keep having those pieces about uh, Dan Campbell or did that kind of get blown up?
2: Um, I I certainly have gotten pushed back behind in, in that scheduling. I'm hoping hopefully we'll get one this week. Um, but it might be pushed back to next week. We'll see. Okay. Well, we will have all of that
1: for you. Um, We're, we're, we're catching up. We had, as I said, a mountain dropped on us. And once again, the Twitch and YouTube audiences just keep growing on, on us and just changing us. And it's, it's, it's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying, but uh, also exciting. Um, You know, Futurama, (laughs) those faces up and down. Um, But anyway, we're going to wrap up here. I'm Chris Fett on Twitter at Chris Perfett P E R F E T T. Jeremy Reisman on Twitter at Detroit Online. Jerry Mallory at uh, Jerry Mallory NFL. Yep, you got it. Okay, just want to make sure. I always forget where the NFL placement is. Uh, we're out for now. Plenty of stuff on com. Plenty of stuff on our on our podcast feed. Please check everything out. Check out Kelly Rose Row Report on our YouTube as well. Uh, she's been fantastic lately. Just Come on over, guys. We got plenty for you. As always, we sign off by telling you see you, Starside.